0: Welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast, it's Tyson Popplestone here, how you all going? Hope you're doing well, hope you're enjoying the Olympics as much as I am, I watched the men's 1500 metres round, round one today, was pumped for big Ollie Haw, Stewie Mack, man Jai Edwards I would have loved to have seen him get through, but not today unfortunately, but uh, all up exciting day for the Aussies on the circuit. Hey, I hope if you're listening from around the world, your little, uh, your little athletes are doing well as well, wherever you're from. Hey, if it's the first time here, I'm a running technique coach based in Melbourne, Australia, or a little bit out of Melbourne, Australia, but it's just easy to tell you, Melbourne, working with distance runners and triathletes and athletes in running-based sports, not only to help them with their running training, but also to iron out any inefficiencies in their running technique. So if that's something that you're interested in, make sure you find out more about it at relaxedrunning.com. But today, yeah, today, we are joined by the one and only, my good mate, physiotherapist, Pilates instructor, Alice Bakey. It's the second time on the show and she's just a, she's a wealth of knowledge. I love talking to her. She's fun, she's bubbly, she's funny, um, and she's bloody smart, which just is like the cherry on top. She wanted to talk today uh, specifically about some of the injuries, injuries that she's noticed popping up throughout this whole COVID lockdown period, whether it's through people getting started too quickly in the world of running or people not looking after the recovery side of running, people not doing their strength and conditioning as a part of their running. And uh, man, honestly, she's just got so much to offer. I've done two of her online classes now. One of them was more a stretch, lay back. It was a Friday drink session, which is so much fun. And last week, oh my God, I joined 21 other students on the Zoom call and it was it was brutal. I thought I was a big tough guy because I'd been in the gym been busting out some big weights, and uh, we did a Pilates class last week, 45 minutes. I could not believe, I could not believe that there was just so much room to develop my strength. So, if you want to check it out, I've put the link to her website to find out more about it in the show notes. You get it, I think she's got a 48 hour free trial, so you can check out her classes and join some of the free classes if you're interested in just trying it out. I highly recommend you do because she's a She's a switched on unit and her classes are so fun. You're not going to understand it until you just go and give it a crack. So, hey, jump over, it, tell her I sent you and uh, you're in for a blast. Hey, if you were here last week, you'd also be aware that we are lucky enough to have a brand new sponsor on the podcast. The sponsor is EARSHOTS, E A R SHOTS, S H O T S. I was listening to Brad Beer's The Physical Performance Show a couple of weeks ago and uh, I love that guy's show. I love the athletes that he gets on. And uh, it just stuck out to me, this, this Ear Shots brand. I thought, hey, this is interesting. I'll go and check them out. I looked at their website and I thought, mate, this is what I need, because I don't know if you're like me, my ear hole things are just a funny shape and nothing fits my ears. And even if they fit my ears, once I start running, they start bouncing around. And anyway, I heard these guys had some magnetic technology which allows them just to clip to your ear and perfectly curved. And I said, hey, look, I can, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give these a crack. So I did, I got a pair I'm obsessed. They're so they're so good. They're compact. They connect uh, via Bluetooth to your speakers or to your phone, so you can uh, listen to your music on your run, listen to your podcast. Um, They also, if you if you like if you like to make a few phone calls when you're on the move, uh, whether you're a cyclist or a runner, they allow you to do your hands-free phone calls. They've got the built-in speakers. My favourite thing though is this little magnetic technology, which they've uh, they've absolutely nailed allowing them just to, to stick in your ears and not bounce around so you don't have to worry about all that, that yeah, just that rubbish that puts you off enjoying the run. If you want to check them out, I've also added the link to their website in the show notes below. You get a 10% discount as a listener of the Relaxed Running Podcast. So simply use the coupon code RELAXED10, that's RELAXED10, in order to get 10% off your first purchase. Trust me, guys. There. If you're on the hunt for headphones, give these guys a go. I'm very, very fussy, and I've been very, very happy. But that's about enough from me. I hope you are. I hope you guys are all having a great week. Hope you enjoy this podcast. Honestly, if you're someone who struggled with injury or coming up with a strength routine or just trying to think about how you can improve your running, give this a good listen. Get in touch with Alice because she's a uh, she's a she's a little wonder worker. All right, that's enough from me. Enjoy. This episode with myself and physiotherapist, Alice Bakey. How you, you been going anyway? How's, uh, hey, uh, were, were we in lockdown last time I spoke to you? Probably. I can't keep up with Melbourne at the moment.
1: Um, It's true. I reckon it's more likely that we were in lockdown, um, given the fact that I think as of maybe this week, I think it's flat out six months that Melbourne's been in some sort of lockdown over the past. Yeah. So I'm going to say pretty confidently that last time we spoke, it's yes, we were in lockdown, or at least we had some form of restrictions. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. How's that? It doesn't really affect what you're doing at the moment, does it? Because uh, you can be here, there, anywhere with the, with the classes. Oh, wait, I love the class I did with you. I didn't speak to you officially since then. I think I messaged you back to say, hey, that was awesome. But um, a few things. First of all, thought I was going to be super self-conscious doing it in front of Everyone else, no one was looking at me. Secondly, love the, I I don't know what you call it, but the Friday sippers, like where you're halfway through a strength and conditioning session, all of a sudden uh, uh, there's six girls bringing out like little cocktails. I'm going, hang on a second, where am I? And thirdly, the view in your house is spectacular. I couldn't believe, I was so jealous of... uh, what, you're on the top floor yes. of some big building, are you? Where, I don't Usually, give away your address, but where are you? Where no. are you based?
1: Well, in fact, I would love to say that I own some sort of penthouse apartment, <laughs> um, you know, and just casually sort of just as a side hustle. However, that's my folks' place, and they have been away um, for a while. So I actually went in and just took over their apartment like a staycation for no other reason other than like many of us, we're all just sick of ourselves and our space. Plus, they've got a really, really amazing view. So I was like, this is like a really nice Pilates backdrop. So, um, but then the problem was they actually came home um, and then I was like, yeah, but I live here now. And they were like, okay, well, we do as well. And I was like, well, that's cool. I'll just, do you mind if I just, stay for a bit, and then it ended up weeks and weeks and weeks. So I essentially moved back with my parents purely because I was loving the view, loving the company, and um, you know when you get yourself set up somewhere, and I'm like, no, 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 this is me. And they're like, well, what about your house? I'm like, yeah, it's good, but it's like, it's not this, is it?
0: <laughs> I was very, very jealous. It was funny because, um, well, as, as you've probably already figured out, and maybe uh, this this little lighting setup's not quite doing its justice. I'm so fussy about, like, studio setups and layouts and like how to make your space just look as good as possible. So when I logged on, I was like, hang on a second, I can't just sit there and watch Alice for an hour because that'd be strange, but I was definitely appreciating the view out of that, that top window.
1: Man, that was some serious glass windows going on there it's amazing and it's funny because and I feel like I deserve it more because I like I go in there and I'm like a tourist I'm like whoa look at the MCG and look you can see a big boat coming in over the water and there's another boat mum look at the boats and she's like can you just um can you just stop um because they're so used to it now and um and as it was actually really good during um a time of lockdown too, because they have like a little uh, area where they've like, got some gym facilities, pool facilities and um, that sort of stuff that people could still use and then they kind of shut it down altogether. But, you know, you just feel like you're in some sort of celebrity because no one's using any of the amenities. So you kind of go down there like Madonna and just like claim your space in the gym and just pretend like you own the place. It's um it's quite nice for change, really, I must admit.
0: Yeah, no, very yeah. nice. That very nice. I um I've been I've been meaning to, to message you and say just how, how much I enjoyed it, but I was I, I honestly, yeah, there's a couple of weeks later where you said, Hey, there's another class going on. This is like a month ago now. There's another class going on, yeah. and I thought you were referring to the next day. So I logged on, I was That's ready to right. go, I was in my gym clothes, I was excited. Um, I went upstairs, which is like a nice open space. And then oh. uh, I was trying to log on to the meeting, and it's like, yeah, this meeting doesn't exist. And I think oh. I was I was either twenty four hours early or twenty four hours late to the uh, to the class. So I'm gonna try and make uh, make some time to get back on board if uh, if you got space, because yeah, Absolutely. as I said, I it's weird as well. Like I I'm often in the gym, um, so I'm doing like a lot of a lot of strength movements. But it's it's always surprising to me. Like if I'm doing a like a power yoga class or whether I'm doing some Pilates in a session like that, just the muscles that I would assume are really strong in me that are all of a sudden getting tested. So I can see these like, 25-year-old chicks on your class just holding these poses like absolute guns. I'm like, oh, no, surely I'm not going to be the first one to break here, am I? <laughs> um,
1: it's, it's true. It is a different sort of feel. And actually, full disclaimer, that class that you did, which is called Wind Down, which is where you, everyone brings a cocktail and we have <laughs> sit breaks. And it's probably the most popular class of the week because who doesn't want to booze and do their moves at the same time, really? Um, but it, that one is a bit more of a low-key class. So when you come maybe tomorrow at 12 p.m., is okay. there one? Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure is. Um, <laughs> that one's a bit more strength. So if you think of the Friday afternoon as being a bit more mobility focused, because I feel like it's really nice to have that allocated time where people stretch and mobilize. Cause you know, when you're by yourself, you all know you should do it, but it's one of those things that you don't do unless you're kind of told. You can turn your mind off and just, you know, um, float along with the group and but the strength one tomorrow is a bit more strength based a bit more planking a bit more single leg stability a bit more glute work um i've seen some of your awesome little core workouts that you've chucked on insta and actually quite similar sort of moves to that um so i think you should give that a crack
0: yeah, awesome. All right, I'm going to try and test it out. See, the yeah. challenge I have at the moment is I, I sort of allocate myself six hours during the day, like 9am to 3pm, I go nuts and just try and get through, through yeah. my work. Yeah, and so then, cool. um, obviously, at three o'clock, I've got little Charlie, and I'm trying to be a good husband. And I'm yeah. trying to look after, well, I was going to say health and fitness. But the truth is, if I do that tomorrow, I could simply just... Uh, Chuck my training in the middle of the day. And uh, so funny. I get I get so anal about, all right, I'm just going to, like, this is my work time. It's like, yeah. mate, just work till four and do your exercise midway through the day. What a perfect solution. So yeah. I might, can you remind me at the end of this chat? Because um, I'm going to write that down. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't mind jumping on board, despite the fact you just Absolutely. told me it could be a little painful.
1: Yeah, now nah, it's good. But it's a little bit shorter too. And if you do feel like you can't do it, there's always the 5 p.m. option, which is nice. And I do remember that you actually bought, like many people do, Brought little Charlie along and he was climbing all over your head and he was having Standard. a lovely time <laughs> it was So that was classic um and that's a good thing about it is people can kind of have their kids their pets um their husbands sort of sometimes the hubbies and the wires will join in for maybe 10 minutes and then they kind of like go and do something else it, it's actually really it's a very fluid environment
0: it's a cool vibe as well you've got the perfect personality for it uh, it's strange to like keeping people's attention through through a zoom call like I was I was genuinely interested to find out what the uh what the vibe of the class was going to be like and I couldn't believe it like just your you had a nice balance of like all right we're, we're actually doing the pose now and I'm not going to talk your ear off but then when you're transitioning from a pose you stop you had the drink it was it was really engaging so yeah anyone out there who's uh, who's keen to check it out make sure I'll, I'll put all the links and stuff in the show notes so they can find out more about it but I was going to ask you because this morning I, I I don't know if I spoke about this guy last time we caught up this morning I, I woke up a little bit early and I did like a, an hour yoga class with a guy called Travis. Oh, Travis, Travis Elliott. So he's a he's he's just on YouTube. He's yeah. I think he's in LA. He's like a I don't know. I always call it like your stereotype yoga teacher. He's exactly yeah. what you you know. He's got his namastas and he's taking on these big journeys with his thoughts and stuff. He just goes on wild tangents, but I um. I love so much of his stuff, and I know you're really good at Instagram, and I'm not sure if you can tell by my delayed messages, and I'm sure there's a number of people who listen to this who would fully agree, Uh, but I do not have a good reputation when it comes to prioritizing my Instagram or my response time on Instagram. I reckon you'd be great on YouTube, and it'd be cool. Like I know you've got your course and stuff like that, which Travis has, but I feel like it'd be such a cool platform for you to put some of yourself out there to give people a bit of a taste mind you i guess that's what instagram is as well but i was thinking of you this morning when i was doing the uh when i was doing the routine i was like man you're more engaging than this bloke and he's bloody good
1: (laughs) do you know i do actually um I did actually think about it, and then I kind of was in that mind of, you know, when you're trying to put something out there and you're trying to be a bit unique. And I guess because YouTube's so saturated, I thought, mm. do I want to be another um, chicken some lycra doing some clams? Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> having said that, that's essentially what I'm doing anyway. So I'm not going to pretend I'm um, superior to that whatsoever. But you know what? I actually do love, and this is this is terrible. When I was when I was a kid, I always wanted to be an actress. That was always my thing. I was always going to be. Some sort of stage performer, and Mum was like, "God help us, just finish your physio degree, please." <laughs> so it's been it really nice throughout twenty twenty and this year as well to actually do a bit of camera work um, and engage with people online. um this is as close as I'm ever get to get to Hollywood, right? So if I can kind of max this out <laughs> a little bit. I feel like that's that's me done. I've sort of fulfilled my um my lifelong dream. There
0: we go. It's, it's so funny you say that. I um I, I don't know if you've heard of Yoga with Adrian. Don't mind me and all my, yeah. my YouTube yoga subscriptions. Love um that. but yoga with Adrian, uh, she's just uh, some chick from Texas. She's I think she started about eight years ago and for whatever reason her yoga channel just took off. Like she's cool, she's fun, she makes it relevant. It's not woo-woo, it's not weird. Oh, it's a little bit weird, but sometimes like it's 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 on the threshold of like yeah. not not too weird. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, totally. um, she was she's acted with like Nicolas Cage and stuff like that. So she had a she had a, a career as an actor for quite a while. And whether that fell through or what, I don't know. But I always thought it was interesting that she had taken that, like I'm sure there's some camera skills going on with what she's doing or some acting skills going on with what she's doing that she's bringing to the camera. So it's so funny that you are, that you mentioned that because this chick literally made that transition from, all right, almost a Hollywood actor to, all right, I'm going to put my yoga skills on a camera. And man, like her setup is, is it looks sick. Like it's very simple. She does it with her dog in the room, really laid back. But um like not crazily different she's just got like a a cool nature so I reckon if I can mm-hmm. be any incentive to you to get started I want to even if it's just like a one here and there you should definitely do it yeah. if I watch your Instagram videos I'm like oh my gosh she's so much better at Instagram than me <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've also got I also don't have a um a child that's like what is he now two years old you know that's running around and you know uh, so I got a little bit more time up my sleeves, Ty, so I think you can give yourself, a, give yourself a break. But I should, and in fact, I do quite enjoy it when I'm making them. And I, during lockdown last year, I made a whole lot of completely irrelevant non-physio content videos, which were really fun to make um, for no one else other than me and my mates. And that was, that's where I came to, and that was me fulfilling my um, acting dream. So I feel like I should probably keep the ball rolling maybe.
0: It's funny as well when you're watching because you're so used to it and you've got that bubbly personality. You do the moves. and like, hey, this looks fun. And then I'll try and do it. I'm like, oh, what a bitch. She sucker punched me. <laughs> <laughs> That's really
1: difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's actually, um, and I actually do find too these days too, especially when I've done a few sessions in a row, it does get harder towards the end of the day to pretend like everything is very effortless because I promise you that it's, <laughs> it's absolutely not. Um, so yeah, it's, I think that's all part of it, to be honest. And it is my job to be able to do the moves and talk at the same time. So everyone's always like, so impressed. I'm like, I get puffed and out of breath and I'm like, yeah, but also this is like my actual, um, what I'm employed to do. Um, So I feel like I should be okay to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But it doesn't take away when you layer up a couple of classes how difficult it is. How many like I remember you saying when you first started that uh that there was a while where you were just busting out class after class after class and it was just getting a little bit too intense. Have you found like more of a middle ground now? How many how absolutely. many classes are you operating at, at the um, moment?
1: So I, I absolutely have found a middle ground. So I've got ten live classes and then on my Platform, I've now got 215, I think, on demand classes there on my um, online platform. So, and more and more, I'm finding with people with like quite haphazard lifestyles as as it is at the moment, um, the on demand library is getting a good whack because people are like, oh, I can't make the time, but I'll just jump on. And because I'm filming them live, that it almost feels like sometimes occasionally someone will be doing something and they're like, oh, you actually corrected me in that video. And I was obviously there the time that you filmed it. She's like, but then I obviously still hadn't corrected myself because I still had to. Yeah. <laughs> So it is it, like that. Um, that's uh, something that's been working really well. But, yeah, so 10 lives um, a week. And I do have um, three different corporates. So it's sort of 13 that I'm actually running, but 10 for the, um, the online membership.
0: Oh, so what are you doing? You're you're running three, like you're running a a Pilates class for for different businesses, three different businesses. Yeah. What um, do the staff get on board there?
1: Absolutely, and it's brilliant because they're really different sorts of um, clients. So I've got like a a service station business, um, which is cool. So that's they're coming in from all over uh, Victoria, all rural uh, service stations, and um, you know they'll be in Dunollyquin or they'll be in um, Bendigo and that sort of stuff, and they're all sort of logging on and. Um, They are great value. And then I've got um, a mining company and then I've got a a more accounting firm as well that I'm doing sort of, I think, um, particularly after last year, uh, businesses and HR departments and stuff are allocating more health and wellness and like preventative care strategies so they're, they're willing to kind of put on board a little bit of pilates a bit of yoga a bit of um there's some meditation stuff which i certainly would not offer just because i'm awful at it <laughs> but um yeah so i've been sort of tapped into there just from some of my clients that i've been having through my membership they've sort of said oh my work's looking for someone that sort of thing and i'm loving it they're great that's
0: awesome that's really good it's interesting that you say um about the videos and the the person that was doing the class on the one that was recorded live because i noticed that a lot of the time like this guy this morning where i was i was doing it was actually it was like yoga for runners it was a 50 minute class oh, yeah. and um he was walking i can't remember what pose it was but he was walking through a particular pose and he's like uh, about halfway through he's like all right i just want you to pay attention to whether you're holding your breath right now because often in this pose we are and i was like holy crap like this guy's done this before i was 100% holding my breath And uh, it was just explaining that, uh, obviously, like when you get into a difficult pose, that's a a natural reaction for so many of us. And I guess someone in your shoes who's been through it a hundred times, you don't, like, the glory isn't lost if it's just a recorded live class, because so much of of what you're listening to still applies to you in that moment. Like, I guess there's individual guidance that you could give to people, but there's also, like, generic rules that apply to everyone who do it. So that doesn't surprise me. Man, it sounds like a... An awesome setup that you got there, and what with those videos, do you sort of categorize them into all right, like intense, a little bit easier, Friday cocktails, whatever?
1: You got it. So I kind of have it separated. I've got I've got my beginner sessions, which are, and they're not necessarily just for beginners, but for people that might have injuries or just might have been coming back after childbirth, or they just need to take things a little bit slower. Um, and they're sort of 30 to 45 minute sessions. And then I've got my intermediate sessions. So they're kind of a bit more upbeat, definitely more advanced and sort of less rest, less stretching and just more, um, full business. Then my Pilates for runners, which is, um, as it is, and they're pretty tough. And then I've got my wind down sessions, um, which are the Fridays and the Wednesdays. And then uh, I've got some express sessions and power Pilates too. Cause what I, I did notice was there was a plenty, actually my family, they were always the ones that were like, oh, Al, they're hard and they're too long. Like they're the ones that are going to win. They're like, can you just make some like short ones for us? So we can be Pilates, but not have to do like meets of it. And so <laughs> classic. And I'm like, no guys, you can bloody do the class. I'm, doing- I'm not. And anyway, and then I kind of, they cracked me and I was like, you know what? No one else has asked, but my family. And of course, Once I started introducing the express sessions and the power sessions, people were loving it because they're like after work or in the middle of the day, you want to crank out 20, 30 minutes of Pilates. feels good, but you don't have to like dedicate 45 minutes. So I've been making more and more of the short, sharp and snappy kind of ones as well, loading them up. And then I've got a a physio section too, which is like, okay, so you know when you wake up in the morning and you're like, why can't I turn my head to the right? Or... Mm -hmm. You're at the end of the day your lower back sore or you've been getting a bit of runner's knee sort of stuff i've got a few little segments on there too and they're not necessarily a substitute for physio but often you can just implement those in addition to physio or maybe you can use that and then you may not need uh, the treatment so and especially at the moment we're not as um, hands-on so i've got some little like tips and tricks up there as well which is which i actually quite enjoy making to be honest yeah take, take your own ankle and whatnot.
0: Yeah no okay so yeah that's a that's a good addition to it so it's it's yeah. a little bit of a I hate the word holistic but I feel like it's a little bit of a broader platform so it's it's taking care of you know common niggles such as runner's knee and oh man honestly I wish I had learned to roll uh, to roll to tape my ankle about fifteen years ago because I reckon I did it one one too many times now I've just got the floppiest ankle joint in the whole world <laughs> so it's been my like... ankles a...
1: are so unforgiving they're oh. like shoulders once you've started to roll or dislocate an ankle or a shoulder. They're such a pest. So if you can, yeah, especially with you with all those beautiful trails that you probably get amongst, you probably want to um, have some sort of structural integrity. Um, oh, this, this
0: is how bad mine is. I was, and this doesn't happen regularly, like, thank God. But um, this is not – I feel like I'm making this story out, but it's true. I was sitting on the couch with my right foot under my bum and yeah. it got my ankle at a weird angle. And it. I don't know if it was dislocated, but it was in a place it should not have been. And I, got hand, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, like, I reckon – that's like the worst rolled ankle I've had, and I've done it pretty bad on some trails out in Ballarat. <laughs> and I was thinking, man, this needs some serious attention. So, um, yeah. whether or not, whether or not that's just some serious tape, I've been to a few physios and they sort of showing me a few exercises, but uh, I'm yeah. not convinced my ankle's in a state right now. of uh, I think it needs something a little bit more serious than than just some figure eight squats or whatever yeah. it is that I've been doing. But uh, no, it sounds it sounds really good. And actually, while we're on the topic, you were saying to me. Um, uh you know a couple of weeks ago when we're was it a couple of weeks ago a few days i can't even remember when we're organizing this i don't even know what date is today so (laughs) yeah okay yes we'll just go with a couple of weeks ago but um but you're messaging me and and you're explaining that you've noticed a lot of runners who have gone through like just random injuries that are springing up through through lockdown like there's almost a little bit of a pattern and it's sort of it's interesting that you say that because obviously I, i feel like personally whenever we're in lockdown i'm like well you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna step up the running game just to break up the monotony of of being in the studio or in the house or whatever um and i'm probably doing a little bit more than usual and i know a lot of beginners who are trying to get started in the sport uh who aren't necessarily having a lot of guidance will just jump out there and go i guess this is just the way you do it so um i thought hey just with that said let me handball to you you explain to me a little bit more detail about what you've seen what you've noticed um, what you reckon the cause is behind it. And uh, it'd be interesting to unpack it a bit with you from a from sort of a real Pilates and strength perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you've hit the nail on the head there. Like I think um, a couple of things, people are definitely doing more running. Like the if you look at everyone's, like I'm not on Strava, but at, um, if you look at, everyone's sort of training routines at the moment, getting outdoors, whether that's walking, running, typically both, like if you've got, we're allowed out for two hours, for example, go for an hour run, and then you've got an hour of a walk. And it is quite a lot of load for the legs, the back, if, especially if you're coming from someone that maybe runs three times a week, goes to the gym three times a week, and then, you know, has a swim or something like that as your normal routine. And then suddenly all of the other things are taken away and you're like, well, I still have to move, I'm feeling stressed, I'm stuck inside. And the natural thing to do is just go back to back running, and it's um, and it's something that I've just seen so much of. And particularly, I think when I reached out to you, I think I'd had like my fourth runner with a stress fracture in a row, um, and I was just like, "Oh man, there's got to be um, there's got to be a better way to manage these injuries, or at least kind of preemptively put in some strategy so that you know at least you think before you start to go out into your next runs." So, um, It's something that I've definitely noticed. And I think the three most common ones um, so far would be shin splints or medial tibial stress, like the amount of shin splints I've had over the past 12 months um, through the roof. The second one would be Achilles. Mm -hmm. Everyone's getting sore Achilles. And then probably equal tie as um, third and fourth would be stress fractures, particularly in the feet, so many um, foot stresses. And also knee pain, like anterior knee pain, so runner's knee, that sort of patellofemoral sort of stuff, um, which is a lot of below-the-knee um, injuries. And that's quite interesting. And, and of course, on top of that, I mean, we haven't touched on any of the postural stuff. So people, like, sitting with their iPad, like, on the couch and then, you know, doing an hour's work from bed because why not? Mm. Um, so necks and backs, the spinal stuff is definitely an ergonomic factor that I've noticed um but it is sort of low so people are going from zero to hero they're going right i'm going to sit for 6 hours inside in questionable setups just because maybe they're not used to work from home and then i'm going to bust out an hours run as hard as i can because like i'm like a caged animal at home <laughs> and then then that juxtaposition of movement patterns is just wreaking havoc on people's systems so um and I think that's where I think I'm so passionate, and I sound like I'm just absolutely preaching here, but I'm going to no, go ahead good. and continue. No, go. No, this um, is good. The thing about the Pilates stuff is obviously you are at home, um, so you're within the guidelines of, you know, social distancing and that sort of thing. But also it's quite, despite being a tough workout and people often saying, you're a demon, Alice, I'm. Like, <laughs> this is really hurting, people don't get injured from it. And well, mm. certainly not in the classes that I've run, that they get muscle soreness in terms of sore core sore glutes, um, DOMS, just like you would in any other exercise, but they don't get sore. Um and so I think it, it is a nice substitute for perhaps maybe one of those impact activities that you're doing. You know, if you run one day, Pilates the next, walk the next, then run, Pilates. And if you can get like a nice cycle going where you're still moving and you're still getting the benefit of, you know, um, Feeling energized for your day, but without that repetitive impact of um, pavement pounding, if that's mm. not what you're used to, especially.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. Like that's. Let me just rewind to what you were first explaining because there's some there's such good and common things I can just tell. Like there'd be so many people in the audience who are like, "All right, at least one of those things that she's mentioned of of either dealing with or I've you know I I, I yeah. have dealt with." But um, the the three I can't. It was the foot stress fractures. It was the was it runner's knee runner's and. Knee? It uh, was shin, shin splints. splints. Yeah. So all like I I know with shin splints that's a that's a, a, a an injury like a lot of new runners get, and it's yeah. such a it's such a a fiddly one, isn't it? Because obviously like load is is such a big uh, factor on you know the the shin splints coming on. Like a lot of people who've like you said gone from zero to hero. Yeah. Um But where so so I guess the, the the next question would be like where like what is the next step? Obviously strength conditioning, rehab, whatever. But is the beauty with Pilates the fact that these can actually, it can help become not only like a cure, but also a prevention for the for the future of these things? Because I, I don't know if it's just because I'm outside the scene a little bit, but I, I feel mm. like it's something that um, a lot of people still, when they think of strength and conditioning, maybe this is changing. Um, yeah. A lot of people still think of the old school 80s, let's just get to the gym. And it was cool to see so many people get on board in the class that I did with you because it's like, all oh, right, well, there's obviously a fair awareness that, There's other factors out there. But I think a lot of my mates, maybe it's a guy thing, a lot of my mates, when you think of strength and conditioning, it's like, all right, let's just go get in the gym and I guess we're getting strong there. But I guess there's no correlation between just being in a gym and pumping weights and a reduction in injury.
1: Yeah, you're spot on. And I think you've hit the nail on the head by saying that. So I think... Um, with Pilates, often it did come from a rehabilitation background. So then it may be somewhat associated with people thinking, about, "Well, I'm not injured. Why would I bother?" Sort of thing. And if I'm going to get strong, I've got to lift lots of heavy things and throw them around, which which is not a bad thing to do. And I think that it's definitely got its place, particularly in power athletes. But if you're an endurance athlete, if you're an office worker, if you're someone that's not trying to develop like speed, strength, power, and you're happy to sort of do your endurance running, Um, the mat pilates stuff is absolutely ample to Mm. deal with strength in an endurance fashion. Um, I think because, or the way I run the sessions are, it is very much isolating different muscle groups, um, sure, but then also making them very functional to running. So if you do include a lot of equipment-based activities, which is great, but it doesn't often replicate the movement patterns in running. Like running is very much a bodyweight sport. So once you start to incorporate reformer beds and barbells and that sort of stuff, and that's, that's all very well. But then to translate that into running so that your mechanics actually get the kick out of it that it needs, I find doing it on a mat is much more applicable. Mm. Um, and I often think of it, too, the same as, you know, part of a, routine, a weekly routine, like brushing your teeth, like literally doing even two sessions a week, if one strength, one mobility. Um, even when you're not injured, even when you're not training for anything, um, just in terms of joint subtlety and in terms of muscle length and then muscle endurance, which is um, all factors that you can get in Pilates, I feel like that's a really nice thing to just have as your general sort of weekly makeup. Um, and I've certainly noticed heaps of people and I, I should probably make more of a note of this, but the amount of messages I get from saying, hey, did it didn't occur to me, but I've been doing it for six weeks and I haven't had it, my my back pain's gone away or I have my Achilles has stopped hurting or hey, I haven't been injured. Usually I just go from injury to injury to injury and sort of deal with it. But I've been injured in you know two months and I wonder if the only thing I've changed is Pilates. like and not to say that it fixes everything because it certainly doesn't. there is a correlation between consistent practice and um injury prevention and even um fixing some of those imbalances that you've been sort of dealing with
0: yeah it's awesome i was going to ask you actually like as a as a start point i can't remember if i asked you this last time but someone who has done completely nothing no pilates or anything like that to get started try and build up a little bit of a routine like what you said about forming a habit almost like brushing your teeth just like implementing it here and there what did you say even just two times a week. At the start, yeah. it's a great place to start.
1: Great, twice is great. The, the clinical research, when they've done the research on Pilates for specifically for back pain, because I think that's such a big thing in the community, back pain, um, is they've done uh, two sessions weekly of Pilates, and they've shown massive differences in pain modulation um for that study group when they've implemented that twice a week so the most the best clinical research has been done on back pain and it's been done on twice a week and they've seen some great um results but to be honest regardless of back pain or not twice a week is good because i think once a week almost is a bit of a shock for the system um it's just like when people say that they run once a week i'm always like wow like how do you do that like i'd be so sore from that
0: um yeah that's such a good i never really thought of yeah. that that's a great point
1: yeah, not it twice or three times a week, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can get around that. But once a week, I'm like, oh, that's aggressive. <laughs> um, you know, and it's the same with anything. I think sometimes twice is good, and it doesn't necessarily have to be two big 45-minute sessions. Like it could be a power Pilates for 20, 30 minutes, and then a mobility class with a with a wine. Like it doesn't have to be significantly lifestyle, um, you know, impeding at all. So that that's my starting point for most. And even if people can't make any of the live sessions, you know getting on some sort of on-demand content is always good too so you can fit it around life and meetings and zooms and homeschool and all the joys of life as it is <laughs> yeah well it's, it's
0: interesting that you say that the member that you had that was referring to the fact they'd done i think you said six months or six weeks worth yeah. of consistent practice and like so many of the little niggles that they had been dealing with just sort of diminished or disappeared or whatever i always yeah. find it's so much better to be consistent a couple of times a week for six months than it is to be a hero for. You know a week and a half and then just not touch it again because obviously your body gets a chance to be able to build up and adjust and adapt and some of the benefits are going to kick in after probably a couple of weeks i imagine
1: absolutely and that's i think that's why i foundation, the membership that i've got it is a a membership format in the sense that it's not like you know um buy a pack of 10 or 5 or something like that purely because sure you might sort of want to dip your toe in as such um but in order to actually get the genuine benefits, there's no point in doing, say, five sessions in a row and then having five weeks off. Like it actually, in my my clinical brain, that makes me feel stressed. Like mm. I feel like, you know, getting a, a consistent pattern and um, you're, never, you're never locked in either. So that's the other thing. If it's not for you, if life gets too busy, but I do think consistency is definitely the key. Um, and that goes for any training or general sort of motto for life really, isn't it? Um, But, yeah, and I think noticing, too, with the runners' um, injuries, that's something that has been quite rewarding, I think, because runners do often just accept the fact that running is a high-impact sport and they're always injured and they're just going from niggle to niggle to niggle. They might get a streak where they run without pain for a long period of time and it comes back. So if you can slot in any of those little things that you can do, but also not, as you said, you know, with your run. um your rehab um, exercise and stuff you've done for your ankle they do get tedious like physio i buy like of all the stuff that i've given people i'm like it's not fun like it is Mm -hmm. boring um and like even when I've been doing my own physio exercises, I usually do the chocolate rule. Like I put some chocolate there, and I'm like, until you've done your calf raises, you don't get that. Like I have to bribe myself, so I can only imagine what it's like for just general public. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. not easy getting that determination to do the stuff you got to do. But if you can kind of whack it in a half hour session, turn your mind off, and kind of get a workout at the same time, it's just an easier to swallow per se. that's
0: so true yeah I always enjoy like my little incentive is it's not necessarily a reward for doing it I'll just say okay rather than just going through the boredom by myself just here like this I might go up and and like you know chuck on something on YouTube or listen to some good music or just try and fill that boring space with something that entertains me a little bit more but I could tell I know Jessie my wife would would so be up for that chocolate rule Problem <laughs> is, if chocolate's in front of me I go you know what I'll have the chocolate As in, like, and that will give me the energy to do the workout. (laughs) Great,
1: love it. Such an athlete.
0: Have you seen that marshmallow test? That one where they put a marshmallow in front of little kids. Oh, I
1: love that. A hundred
0: percent. I would have would never have got that second marshmallow. I would have all just been. You know what? One's plenty. It's high sugar content. One's probably my limit. I shouldn't have more.
1: There's no way. I don't know any children. Like I've got eight nieces. And I can't think of any of them who would actually be like, you know what, I'm going to say, there was a couple of kids I did see that actually were like really good and got the second one. There's no way that <laughs> my personality is not like that at all. Zero kids. Um, I would have had the
0: bag. I would have stolen the. You know what? I would have gone past Seven Eleven on the way home and asked Mum for something and then stuck a packet in my pocket and go get stuff with your dumb game.
1: 100%. Seriously, I know. I wish they had done those sort of studies with us as kids. It would have been. It would have been quite different, like those nineties <laughs> children.
0: Wait, um. I'm really interested in asking you. So, yeah. one of the things that I, I I wish I wish I could show you more effectively this little studio that I'm in right now because my daily structure sort of lends itself to like a few a few different movements so right now i'm standing up i've got my yep. i've got a chair on my table with a box on a chair with the laptop on the box and that's so like we're at eye level which is just high level commitment for this podcast i hope you appreciate but absolutely okay, um, set up the point. <laughs> so i probably spend i would say i spend 50 percent of my day standing up i spend 50 yep. percent of my day random on my knees. And now here's here let me just give some context to that. So I have <laughs> a table that says I hope no one takes out that, that just sounds very wrong. I might have to edit that part out of the podcast. I'm gonna have to put explicit content on the label at the start Classic. now because I didn't realise how dirty that sounded till I finished yeah. that sentence. Um, <laughs> but I literally that's what I do. I've got um yeah. so in the morning from from nine o'clock till today it was twelve I'm I'm on the like the stock exchange on the ASX. So I've got. I haven't got a stand up desk. I've just got a, and that's me not going to office work. So I've been a bit, little bit slack, mm. but I always feel better. I have like a cushion, and I just, I just kneel down and I do all my stuff there because I'm like, no, I'm not sitting down. I'm kneeling, so it's still actually good for me. I don't know if that's true. And yeah. then once that's done, um, when I'm working yeah. on the computer or doing these podcasts, it's, it's always standing up. Um, but there's not like. A, I don't have any any rules in place where it's like, all right, every 20 minutes I'll do some squats or every 25 minutes I'll do some star jumps or whatever, which would probably be like a good addition to the schedule. But I'm interested just to pick your brains about, like, okay, what does your daily setup look like in terms of movement? Because obviously you're doing a few classes. Um, like, yeah, you look like you're sitting down now while we're doing this podcast. Um, like, what do you have any little structures or tips or recommendations that you offer out to people just to work around their schedule, whatever that looks like. Cause my mum, for example, she's, she sits down for eight hours a day. She's a, a PA at a hospital and yep. that's just, that's a standard. Like she's pretty comfortable with it. But I reckon if she knew there was a few exercises or drills that she could do just to get it up and about, that's not a lunchtime walk. She'd be super open to it.
1: Yeah. And in fact, um, they've kind of got these, um, these new way of thinking. And I'm, I'm actually loving the fact that you brought this up because we call them sort of exercise snacks So um, throughout the day, having these little snacks of movement um, to sort of complement, I guess, your routine, they're not sort of meaning they are flat-out exercise routines, but just little, even one-minute moves that you can do in a sequence throughout the day Um, can really help in terms of not only your um, just not getting stiff at the end of the day, but also just your mental capacity. You know, when you've been staring at a screen for a while and you kind of you start to kind of peter off and get a bit cloudy, but getting yourself up and doing these um, little exercise moves are spot on. So what I tend to recommend to people and they hate me for it, but I get them to set reminders on their work days on their phone. Um, and every forty-five minutes to an hour, which actually is pretty frequent, because once that starts to go off, you'd be sick of it. But you mm-hmm. stand up, and usually I have um, that routine is always standing. So I'm I'm sort of inferring here that most of the population haven't done your box setup, where mm-hmm. where they've got that awesome sort of makeshift standing desk, and so they're sitting. And then I usually give three or four standing exercises. That might be a standing lumbar extension, so backward bending.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna do it now as we talk, just cause now you're saying it, I feel like I have to.
1: Yeah, like backward extension with yeah. And then after you do about five of those, then I try and get so I try and get a different plane of movement, which is different to sitting, and then I get like the sideways oh, over. I like
0: love that stretch. stretch. Yeah. Anyone just listen to the podcast, yeah, just go yeah. to YouTube and check this one out. It's a classic.
1: It's the classic kind of 80s stretch. Oh. <laughs> <of course. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's in the, the front of all up. the 80s yeah. stretching books, 100 percent right. <laughs> And then the next one I tend to do is something to do with the, the feet and the lower limb. So if I can get – so I don't really bother with forward flexion. The reason that is is when you're sitting, you're in flexion. So uh-huh. I don't bother with forward bends. And by all means, doing a hamstring stretch by bending forward, that's fine. But to be honest, it's more important to go into extension, decompress the discs, and then lateral flexion to open up the sides of the intercostals and the, um, the lower back. And then the last one that I love to do is either – um, marching on the spot or calf rises. And I'm always I'm always the person that goes to calf rises because as runners, we never do enough of them. And in terms of foot intrinsic control, calf strength, and it just pumps the blood to the extremities mm-hmm. um, just to get a little bit of, um, yeah, exactly, movement pattern happening. And they're sort of ones that I sort of go to at every four to five minutes to an hour. However... When I've been dealing with a patient for a while in terms of I know that their routine and I know what their ailments are, I tend to give them three exercises that actually suits them. So if I'm like, right, Mrs. Jones, she's got a cervical disc, she's had a bad wrist from her mouse, and also all she does is walk and um, do desk work, so she's not doing anything that's sort of in between there, I'd probably give her three slightly different exercises sort of tailored to her to do an hour. Um, like a neck one a shoulder one for a wrist and then maybe something on the floor um, as well in terms of back extension so yeah and the other thing about the setup is if you can tolerate standing I think it's great but just like everything there is um, too much standing like Mm -hmm. if you think of hairdressers physios um, a lot of other tradies on their feet all day and they develop aches and pains just as much as Someone in the PR department or HR that's just sitting on their laptop all day. So I tend to say 50 50 if possible. That's um, so
0: interesting. I never yeah. thought of that. See, I'm so extreme. I'm like, all right, I'm never sitting down again. Like
1: I'll that sitting's the new cancer or some sort of thing <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, I always get stressed. It's very
0: aggressive. you yeah. know and I always see it when I'm sitting on a train or something. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll just give my chair to someone else.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if they can have my cancer. <laughs> Uh, it's true, It's um, and I think that, yeah, definitely you end up with shortened hip flexors, your spine's a bit um, compressed, and, you know, if you're someone that does have special injuries in terms of to do with sitting, then obviously you might be more skewed to 70-30, but as a general rule, I don't, don't advise more than 50-50 um, for people at all, um, just because what you do notice happens is someone is standing for a really long period of time and then they get tired from standing they start to go in an anterior tilt they get that sway low back their knees collapse inwards. their shoulders round and they end up with this sort of um standing posture anyway so you know um my, the short answer to that is i love a kneeling that's a great compromise those yeah. um speaking of the 90s or 80s they had those kneeling chairs those you know those you'd kind of straddle like a cowboy Did they? I, didn't, I wish Did i'm you? probably gonna have to try and jump on marketplace later and find one because yeah. it, it's so comfortable yeah, no, they're actually a thing, and you can definitely still get them from ergonomic, um, like, uh, office work chairs places. They're definitely still a thing. I just remember my dad getting one huh. thinking it was, like, the coolest thing ever. Like, <laughs> not as kids, we used to, like, play on it because, like, what is this thing? It's, like, ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm all for kneeling. So long as obviously that's not applicable to people, and there are so many people at the moment that I've seen with knee pain, so obviously that's not going to be an option for them, kneeling on that. Um, and... I think, too, with the chairs, there is chairs and there's chairs. So sitting yeah. and then sitting. It's like sitting on your couch with your feet up, with a pillow, watching Netflix on one side and your iPad, maybe a snack in between. That's one version of sitting. And sitting I've got a good desk with a good setup. I mean, that's another kind of sit, um, sitting. So, yeah. Yeah, that was that, that was that's awesome. such a good point.
0: I'm, I'm so glad I had this chat with you because I've, I've been mm-hmm. trying to decide whether I just go out and buy, like, a dedicated stand-up desk. And I, I, honestly, I've done no research. I just assume that standing is standing equals winning. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to stand for all day. But I never really considered the fact that your posture is going to be out of whack if you're not conscious of it. And so, yeah, you reckon 50-50 is a pretty nice balance and just keep doing this box set up when I, you know, when I yeah. have to.
1: And you can actually get these cool little trays that you put on your desk. Um, rather than actually buying a whole stand-up desk. It's like almost a stand-up addition. So it's like a tray that you sit on top and then you can wind up the second tray, like separates and then the computer can come up and down according to that as opposed yeah. to actually buying a whole desk. So that's another option. Um, one of the physios guys to work with branched out and started making a whole lot of them and they're actually a great compromise between, you know, investing in a whole desk.
0: Yeah, that's good. So there's a couple yeah. of good little takeaways just between, so 45 minute alarm, 50 um, yeah. percent of the time standing, 50 percent of the time sitting. tradies, I guess, would have to be a little bit cautious with the way they approach that 50 50 percent sitting yeah. down because I reckon there could be a couple of uh, a a couple of what do you call it firings coming on if you yeah. take that too literally. <laughs> yes. But anyone who has the opportunity that's to do so it, true. that's uh, that's really yeah. good. So, have you got any um like I am still not 100 percent sure about the way that the the membership works in terms of so yeah. when someone is interested, obviously before they commit, you, I know you do your your trial classes from time to time or you've got is it a free class that you send out to give people a taste test like for people who are thinking all right like I would actually love to come and participate and do because it's fun I might even I think I'm going to join I think I'm going to tell you that I'll be there at at 12 o'clock tomorrow because I I reckon I need some incentive to to get on I'm going to actually okay I'm going to do that so if anyone if I don't know how it works is that a trial class is is that like a incentive class or how does it work
1: Yes, and and if you do come tomorrow, I promise to do some of those side stretches, Stop and we'll like, all right, yeah, I mean. there we go. We're going to do some of these guys, and then that way going to, I'm going to absolutely plant you in there. You'll love it. I'm writing it down now. Um, yeah. what, what I tend to do is I actually got a 48-hour um, link, which means that when you when anyone wants to sign, up, they're kind of like, I don't really know what it's about. I want to just like have a little bit of a browse. They get a um, a two-day access to the whole platform which means that, you know, they can access 210 on-demand classes or your little physio snacks, um, your live classes, and then they can just kind of go nuts for two days if they like. And then at the end of that, whether or not you want to get on board um, moving forward, it's $25 a week is the, um, for unlimited access. And then um, I also have another membership too, which is just a run membership, which is just on-demand classes, just, uh, just the running content too. So if you're not sure that you're going to, using all of the other stuff there's a smaller membership which is just running content which is cool as well oh, interesting i was going to yeah.
0: ask you about that so because i know your heart you're like i know your big part of your heart is, is looking after runners but yeah some of the people that you just spoke about that you're working with at the moment they're like in the in, in the corporate scene probably yeah. haven't run a step in their life so like no. your heart's towards runners there's a dedicated space there for that is this yeah. aussie dollars as well or is this us yes.
1: no definitely aussie yeah oh,
0: sweet yeah i've got so mine's all mine's set in us just because I know like a majority of this podcast, like a majority of the podcast audience is is in Australia. Yep. But then it's so funny. If you look at like there's I think there's about fifty five percent of the audience is in Australia, but then just scattered throughout the rest of the stats, uh like there's there's obviously Canada and the US and there's Norway and Sweden and I'm like all right I'm just I feel like for me like that particular audience it's very random to have Aussie dollars so for me I, yeah. I always feel like I have to justify it or explain it but I, I like the fact it's, it's just it's so much easier to go yeah it's 25 bucks Aussie that's why I clarified because um I just assume now yeah. that, that
1: everyone's in US just because I've looked at my own screen for too long that's so fair. No, that's actually a good point. And, in fact, that is another cool thing about these sort of forums, like whether it's a podcast or whether it's a online membership. I mean, having people check in from different areas of the world when you're doing them. And, to be honest, I say 90% of mine are from Australia. But on the odd time when you get so – I've got a. Um, a couple of the dancers from the Moulin Rouge at the moment doing my right. sessions, so, which is super cool. And they make us look all so ungraceful. So you've got a pack of our sort of runner types and then you've got these beautiful can can girls that are coming in with their legs up to sort of my eyeballs doing these moves and just being so glamorous about it. And that, that's um, that's never lost on me, to be honest. And then we've got some some swimmers from Manchester, and you know, and they were kind of logging on different times of the world, and all different states of lockdown and um, unrest in the world, wherever it might be. But we all kind of designate that time and space to some stretching, some strength, and some general sort of questionable banter, and um, it's, <laughs> it's really nice.
0: No wonder I enjoyed the class so much. Questionable, but questionable banter seems to be <laughs> where I am most comfortable. We um, so the, I think. This is a very this is a very runner question, and I'm I'm yes. interested because I notice a lot of my guy mates as well have this problem. And whenever yep. I do yoga with with Jessie, I'll stop yep. saying it's my wife now. You now know that's my wife. I just I feel like anyone who has no idea who I'm talking about, I have to justify it. Um, yep. Whenever I do a yoga class with her, do you know fire log pose? So where you you sit down in yoga and you sort of you got your legs crossed, but then yep. rather than just crossing it like you would when you're at school, you stack one of your legs on. It's probably got a million different names. Yes.
1: No, I know um, exactly what you're saying. Yes. Oh, my
0: gosh. I, it is the most embarrassing pose that I've ever done. I reckon I've done yoga fairly consistently for about five years. And mm-hmm. that's the one that, that those hip flexors, they're just like concrete for me. I just feel like no matter how much I stretch that part of my body, I so, haven't seen – like there's been improvement for sure, 100%. But if you saw me, you'd be like, all right, surely that's the worst that guy could ever get at that particular pose. Is that is that a common thing in runners or is it particularly a common thing in guys? Because – it's just a competitive thing for myself now where I'm like, this has to improve purely because I'm being competitive against myself and this, uh, this range of movement doesn't seem far
1: enough. Yeah, and do you know what? You've hit the nail on the head again there by both those things. So um, male pelvic position, very different to female, obviously, and also runners um, just are, uh, rely on rigidity of muscle tissue, joints um, and structure to actually run well. So it's a real tricky thing to balance when actually running is actually reliant on a stiff um, mechanic. So I guess to sort of bring up someone like Stewie Mack, who they know like literally can't even basically touch his knees, like he's so stiff and he has the most incredible efficiency when he runs. Um, and that joint um, rigidity is what creates that um, nice coil, that spring, so that you can sort of almost run on top of the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get these really flexible people, um, the, the gymnasts and the dancers that take up running, and then their joints are much more mobile and then can often develop injuries because of of that sort of hypermobility. So, in fact, it, sort of runners that are trying to get really flexible, I always sort of reassure them and say, look, just relax a little bit because in fact for you being stiff it actually is a little bit of um, a help to the sport of running you don't want to be super flexible Um, and also you'll notice if you do stop running and you don't have that constant stimulus going into the hips and that sort of stuff your hips do open so for example if you had you know four months off running and continued to do that fire log posture or whatever you would notice the fact that your hips would soften and the orientation of your pelvis is something else that's um you've got to consider too so the female pelvis is naturally a slightly different shape a bit more triangular mm-hmm. a guy's pelvis is a bit more box like a bit more soldier like so some of those rotational movements and um, just anatomically your hips may not get to that same range that a female pelvis would just naturally fall into um, and and that's uh, a, a massive generalization of course there's going to be some flexible guys and there's going to be some really rigid um, girls out there as well but I mean, it's not your fault in both regards there. Oh, that's good. Health. So next time, Jessie
0: gives me a hard time for my <laughs> lack of movement through there. I can just explain that she's being sexist.
1: Yes, but also <laughs> it's actually in your best interest to not be too mobile for your running. Yeah. Um, and if we think of you as a runner, like it's sort of, you know, what would it be? Sort of 30, 25 years of constant running. You've mm-hmm. been doing yoga for five. I mean, even though five's a great amount of time, if you look at it comparatively to the years you've spent and the kilometres you've done your legs, I mean, you're going to be another five to 10 before you start to get, um, yeah, it is a a consistency sort of repetition, but also in um, relative to your lifespan and what you've been doing before that as well.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point. I actually, I heard about Stuart McSwain the other day. I think I was reading one of, um,
1: Maybe it's Tempo
0: Journal. I can't remember which article I was reading. but oh, I he reckon an
1: article in The Age, I think, didn't he? he oh,
0: that, that's experience. what it was. I was thinking yeah. Tempo Journal because I think uh, Riley Wolf wrote the article, but it was The the Weekender, and it was yes, like a, that's a magazine. It. And I, I think that's where I re- read it, and it was talking about how he he does have like a terrible range of motion or terrible yeah. flexibility. And it, it really tripped me out because I think I was of the headspace, and it's funny that you mentioned gymnasts before because I remember being in Year 9. There was a chick at our school, her name was Lee Ting, she was an awesome gym, gymnast and she could do the most ridiculous splits where you could like one person would hold that leg, another one would hold that leg and oh, like, like one yeah. would go up past her bum, the other one would go up like towards her head and I was like, oh my God. And I remember asking, I was saying, you should um, you should get into running because in my year nine mind, I was thinking, man, imagine her stride length, like that'd be incredible and she'd be such a smooth mover. But it's interesting that you say a lot of people with that hypermobility actually wrestle with injuries themselves.
1: Yeah, I I see much more, much, much, much more injuries due to joint laxity and lack of strength than I do due to over rigidity and tightness, 100%. Mm. So, you know, um, I am a big advocate for stretching and I I certainly want to make that clear in terms of there is room for it. But stretching within your physical capacity is perfect. um, Stretching to get an anatomical change or a gross um, increase in range of movement is probably not your goal mm-hmm. so what you want to stretch for your goal is to kind of get limber enough for your body to reduce trigger points tightness and stiffness but not to become flexible loose and you know can can like yeah it's <laughs> how i try and change people's paradigms like we're not i don't care how far you are from your toes but so long as it doesn't feel really stiff and sore that's the that's the main area that we want to go for
0: yeah no awesome hey um like while we're on the topic of australia you start to look forward to the olympics are you getting excited to torch a few races
1: and i feel really bad about feeling excited as well and i know that, that feels terrible because i lived in japan and i know that the people of japan are very anti-olympics and they're kind of like what are you doing we're in a absolute massive pandemic and it's um and so i'm feeling bad that i'm like oh interesting all for it. Yeah. and but, but but my gut is and i am that kind of person that i love nothing more than watching the best of the best like just front up and doesn't matter what sport like you put anything on and i'll watch it um but then i'm a little bit torn because i am so conscious of the fact as well with this the world literally just up in flames at the moment them kind of charging ahead in japan where i think a lot of the um public are not super happy about it which is I know, but then you gotta feel for the athletes as well. So I'm in mean, this really weird headspace about it.
0: Yeah, and it's been it's been really like there's so many different factors when it comes to it, isn't it? So did you say you lived in Tokyo for a while?
1: I I was up in up north in Hokkaido. So um oh, nice. yeah. So I, I feel like I don't know why. I, I just and feel like this sort of semi kinship to <laughs> the um, to them, and like feeling for I think the general public and that sort of stuff of having this awful time, and then having this influx of internationals coming in. Um, having said that, I mean the athletes, I mean they missed last year, and for them to go and have a chance to do what they do best over there as well, such a such an incredible experience for them, as even though it won't be, you know, as much as as normal. But, yeah, what, what are your thoughts?
0: Oh man, I'm, I'm excited for it. Obviously, it's so interesting yeah. to hear you talk about, like, the. I, I definitely don't have that that sort of relationship or understanding of, of like, Japan at all, apart from I hear the people there are lovely. Yeah. Um, I didn't know there was any sort of issues going on with, like, the just the general population headspace about whether or not it goes ahead. I knew, obviously, that the crowds had been banned. I'm, yeah. um, <clears throat> I'm excited for a couple of races. Like, there's a few Aussies that I'm just pumped to – to yeah. watch, obviously Stewie. Um, yeah. um, I, I, man, I just reckon that guy can. If he has the day of his life, if he can make the final and he has a good day, I'm terrified to know what he can do. Like you can't, you can't rule him out of a win, which is yeah. so crazy to say. Like he has a lot of work to do, but man, if there's I'm his biggest, biggest fan. But also, like, do you know Jai Edwards, the other Aussie runner, ran 3:49 for a mile. Ollie Haw, like we've got so much depth. It's, it's kind of scary. And then even in the girls' races, like Jess Hull um she's a freak like i'm so pumped to watch what she can do i don't know as much about her like i don't follow the the chicks as much just because i feel like i'm more friends with a lot of the guys i follow them because we're just buddies rather than um because i'm genuinely care how fast they go i'm more looking at it from a like a come on stewie like come on mate um but uh yeah there's just so much depth but it's going to be weird without the audience i think that's the sad part it's just going to be a it's a really strange experience i feel like I reckon part of the excitement for me, if I was lining up for the Olympics, would be the atmosphere. It's like lining up in the stadium, the biggest audience you're, you're ever going to run in front of. Everyone just pumped to, to see, you know, what it is that you're doing. Unless you're yeah. throwing javelin. I'm not sure there's that many people that care about javelin. But... <laughs> it's <laughs> so, true. So I, think, like, I feel like I'm I can say, say that quite thing. comfortably here because I'm not sure there's many javelin throwers listening no, to the podcast. No. Apologise if there is. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Pumped for Aussies, but a little bit mixed about just what the vibe of the place is going to be. Right, yeah. I, I personally, sport. for the Olympics as a whole, the countdown week, I'm usually pretty pumped. This week, I'm like, oh, yeah, it starts. I think it starts tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Well, they've already had some softball. That's already sort of kicked off oh, even before they? the opening. So, yeah, um, I know that much. The Aussies took on Japan yesterday morning. Um, not that I'm interested in softball, but, <laughs> yeah, a couple of nations who softballers. And so, you know, when you sponge this information, um, from them and, you know, I've learnt to say pitching instead of throwing and all those sorts of important things because, you know, you don't throw a ball, you pitch. Um, oh, and even underarm's
0: called a pitch, is it? Yeah. Ah, oh, I feel like that's taking the word pitch, uh, making it something that's not, I'm going to keep saying throwing.
1: Oh, I've gotten cold feet, Matt. I hope it's pitching. Yeah, for any softballers out there, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I do know too. There've been some um, some great stories too. In just in terms of, um, I saw some of the Swedish um, athletes made a bit of a a female stand too. They, the first beach beach volleyballers to wear like proper shorts as opposed to those like little um, tiny little undies where they're kind of you know, having to hang out and jump around in the sand in them. And they were like, you know what, these are ridiculous. We're going to wear proper shorts. And then they were, the Swedes were up in arms about the fact that they'd broken protocol and they weren't supposed to be wearing shorts. And, you know, <laughs> so even there's some, like, there's some real fire that's coming out that's of this. Interesting. Like, people... It
0: sounds very unswedish. I've heard stories about, I had a mate who went to Sweden for, I think it was Sweden, and um, he went and stayed with a family who had, like, a, a sauna. And he went and got in the sauna with his family, and everyone there was naked. And he was like, "I'm not, I'm not doing it." I'm <laughs> so many of you say "sweet," I think there's no chance they're putting shorts on. That's the first that's I heard true. that story.
1: Well, that's the same in Japan as well. So in Japan, everything is like you're just full naked all the time, everywhere, oh, inside really? the UK. like, yeah, well, not everywhere, obviously, but yeah, in- like not on the subway and um, that. In- no, no. Nah. Especially not in Cocado. It's bloody cold. The um in all the onsen and all the showers and everything, I remember mean, well, that was super confronting. And then obviously I stand out like a sore thumb being like blonde curly hair. And so then I always always felt like I was under some sort of spotlight. It took me a while and then by the end of it, I was just like, right, we're in, let's go. It's just fine. And then you come back to Australia and you've got to like switch back into sort of conservative, get changed under your beach towel and do the whole yeah. like in the car park um you know so it is those just cultural differences but I just feel like there's just a bit more um I don't know people kind of just speaking out a bit more and there's a little bit more of um I don't know a feminine vibe going on which I'm all for as well and um, I've got a little uh, a gymnast that I worked with as well she's been she's a Singaporean gymnast over there in Tokyo and I've been doing Pilates with her um during this time as well. And I'm so excited to watch her. And she's just had all sorts of amazing uh, overcome surgeries and that sort of stuff to get to the level she's at. She's the only representative for Singapore. And um I'm so excited to be seeing her. And then I What got, do you say she's participating? She's a gymnast, uh, oh, like artistic gymnastics, so not rhythmic. So not the yeah. buttons and the balls. Um, she's at the floor bars vault Sort of gymnast. Oh man. And um, to watch that, I mean, even if you're not a gymnast, to watch that is just going to be spectacular. Um, and um, Sinead and Ellie, I'm excited to see them in the marathon, especially if they do a display like, did you see them in New York when they ran off course? No. It's the best. Okay, I'm going to send you this footage. So Sinead and Ellie, the most Aussie, well, obviously Sinead's Irish, but also Aussie um, thing. So they took off in New York and top of the pack, you know, in the top sort of 10 in that little huddle just going flat knack as you are both of them just ran completely off course oh no and then realized at the same time had to run back on course but as they were running back on course they got snagged by the rope and tangled in the um (laughs) so then it was just classic like (laughs) they ran off course realized it came back but absolutely like clotheslined by the barrier had to untangle and then Um, they're both kind of laughing and getting back (laughs) on to try and catch up to the front of the pack but People have done really clever things like slow-mo it down and that, you know, all of that classic. Oh,
0: please send it to me. See, that's another one. I used to follow the women's marathon a lot when Jess was up and about. Of
1: course, of course.
0: It's such a, I've just realized during this conversation, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm more interested in running or just seeing how my mates go. But um, you know
1: that's a really nice thing about you though, Ty. So you've got like an emotional investment as well as, you know, a sporting investment. And that's oh, a did, point. Dave McNeil as well. He's someone that I'm oh, equally, man. the most humble, most like just, um, a silent assassin with a, a brutal kick to sort of see, see him light it up i'm excited for that as well
0: he's the king yeah i can't wait yeah. to i can't wait to watch him as well he's had a ridiculous season anyway i've taken you off topic i've taken you yeah. down a random rabbit hole but i promised you that would happen um <laughs> wait i've, I've, it. I've stolen Allison you for an hour me. so i wanted to know before i before we uh before we finish up if there's anything yeah. that we haven't got to cover that you wanted to get to cover because i don't want you to get out of here and be like crap i forgot to
1: say this to tyce well, look, the only thing I, would, I think with my runners, and I feel like this is um, probably things that runners don't like to hear, but just in terms of lockdown and running, as tempting as it is to go out and do back-to-back sessions, if you're not used to it, really consider subbing in. I'm not saying don't do exercise every day because you're going to go mad, but subbing in a yoga, a Pilates, you know, a bike, a walk you know, a freezing ocean swim if you've got a wet so just something so that, you know, because the worst thing you can do in lockdown is get an injury. And if mm-hmm. you get, they've had so many of these people that have, you know, um, and then they end up not being able to do anything because they're in a boot or, you know, they've got this raging Achilles or their shin splints are uh, turning into stresses. So I guess that second you kind of go to think about doubling your load or doing more than sort of 10% increase per week is the sort of, you know, the recommended dose. Um, maybe think about sussing out a, a, like an alternative option, just so that you're not going to go crazy when you do end up with a niggle.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we, right my- on cue, right on cue. Old oh, mate, can you hear him in the background?
1: <laughs> love that.
0: Hey, can you yeah. actually hear him? He's just started piping up. He's woken up from his afternoon sleep. I was, mm-hmm. I had my fingers crossed that we would la- last an hour oh, before yeah. he, uh, before he popped up, and uh, I love- we. He managed yeah. to do it. also means he'll probably be in a good mood once he gets over the fact he's woken up.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that sort of post. Like, you feel like you've been hit by a bus, and then you're like, 100%. I need a snack, I'm good to go.
0: Yeah, I was like, mate, you never grow out of that. I'm, I don't cry, but I still feel a little bit the way he feels right now when I wake up in the morning as well, so I sort of have sympathy for him. But,
1: yeah, Oi, yeah, definitely thank definitely.
0: you for coming back on again. That was really fun. I'm wow. going to, um, if it's yeah. okay, I am going to take you up on this offer tomorrow and jump on board with this class because I'm, uh, I'm I'm really keen to do it. This episode's going to come out on Monday as well, so I just realised that I'm plugging it, and no one's going to be able to come tomorrow. But tomorrow nope. is Friday, and is that like a? Oh, they they can get the forty-eight hour pass to your, your website yeah, anyway, so can't they? what I can they? do
1: is I can send you the forty-eight hour pass, and it means that whenever they do sign up using that two-day trial, that'll start from whenever they want to do it, or when they've got they know they've got two days that they don't have much on, they can give it a good whirl and have a bit of a browse around. So maybe I can attach that one in the show notes for you
0: sweet you're a legend Oi, so yeah. good to see you again good to chat so much better talking this way than it is through Instagram messages, so um, yeah, that was a fun hour.
1: True. Also, not quite as good as being in Southeast Asia on some steps, but it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I've taken a photo of that. Maybe that'll be the uh, maybe that'll be the image I plug this episode with. Oh, can you also send me a, a photo of yourself that you're happy with? Because I remember last time I posted an image of you, and you're like, "Oh, I'm 18 in that photo." Find me. did you get that from
1: Google, like deep in the archives? Classic. Yeah, so yeah it was Alice,
0: 2006. <laughs>
1: like, why have I braces? Am I still in school? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely do that. 100%. Sweet. All
0: right, we'll leave it there. That was that was fun.